Are you looking for a new math curriculum? CTC Math specializes in providing online video tutorials that take a multi-sensory approach to learning. Favorably reviewed in Kathy Duffy's 102 Top Picks and the Old Schoolhouse Crew Review, the lessons are short and concise to help your student break down concepts and appreciate math in a whole new way. The lessons are taught the traditional way, not to a test. If you want to be Common Core aligned, then this is not for you. Each one of the video tutorials is taught by internationally acclaimed teacher Pat Murray, who is renowned for teaching math concepts in a simple, easy to understand way and in only a few minutes at a time. Using the multi-sensory approach, having the combination of effective graphics and animation synchronized with the voice of a friendly teacher together with a practical assessment, this three-pronged attack makes learning so much easier and more effective. Even students who struggled with math are getting fantastic results. And ones who were doing okay before are now doing brilliantly. Visit ctcmath.com today to start your free trial. This is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Welcome to the Vintage Homeschool Mom Show. Your host, Felice Gerwitz, is an author, a publisher, and your radio show host. She will encourage, educate, and inspire you with answers to your most pressing questions from homeschool, marriage, parenting, and much more. Felice loves to equip moms to live a Christian life because every moment counts. Be sure to visit her website at MediaAngels.com. And here's your host, Felice Gerwitz. Hey, everyone, and welcome. This is Felice Gerwitz with another episode of Vintage Homeschool Moms. You can find the show notes for today's episode, and that is episode 369 on the Vintage Homeschool Moms website. And today we're going to be talking about some mistakes that uh, teachers and parents, for those of us that homeschool, make while teaching math. I want to give a big shout out to our sponsor, and that is CTC Math. You can find out more information at ctcmath.com. And today my special guest is someone who knows all things CTC Math, and that is Nadim Al-Rahi. And we are chatting, me from Florida and him from Australia. So welcome, Nadim. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm looking forward to this because I was not a great math student when I was in school. I actually got really good at it teaching my kids, which is, you know, part of the process, I think, of learning anything um, is is teaching it. And, you know, Pat Murray is the creator of CTC Math. And uh, as we were chatting before this uh, episode started, you shared something really interesting. So share that with the audience. Yeah, it's a really, really cool story. Actually, Pat was my teacher back in school. So Pat was doing a whole bunch of things, um, developing the program at the time, uh, as well as uh, doing some homeschooling with his wife. Uh, And he was also teaching at the school that I attended. And uh, he was my high school math teacher. And uh, we developed a really strong bond and friendship. And I I often... uh, most lunch times were spent chatting with him in the, in the sort of courtyard of the school about the program and where he was up to and, and how it was going. And yeah, 
That's wonderful. And of course, he's the person who actually teaches the courses, and this is an online course. There's also a a free trial that you can do, uh, which gives you a little bit about the different lessons. And so you can uh, you know, sign up, subscribe to this uh, freebie uh, kind of thing uh, just to test out the system uh, before you buy, which is wonderful. And again, that's ctcmath.com. But we're going to talk about some of the biggest mistakes teachers make when teaching math. And so you're going to share that with us. Yes, that's correct. Hopefully I can give you some insight. Okay. So what, what are some? Look, I think the biggest one is the long drawn out explanation. Um, I think sometimes as parents, uh, homeschool parents and teachers, we think that more information is better. Uh, It's actually the opposite. Students can often get lost and confused in a long drawn out explanation. So if we can just keep the teaching to a, a short, concise explanation, that's best and most effective when, when it comes to teaching math. Um, uh, you can use your time. So sometimes parents or teachers might think that, you know, a uh, 20 minute explanation and then 10 minutes of practice problems. Well, that time's probably better spent doing five minute explanation and 25 minutes of practice problems. Yeah, that makes sense, doesn't it? And, uh, you know, very, very good, uh, good tip right there. Um, what else is there? Uh, along with the long drawn out explanations, and as I sort of just alluded to, is the complicated explanations, but also showing too many diverse methods. Um, again, we, we sort of think that if we equip the children with more information, it's going to lead to... Uh, uh, better grades and and uh, a, a better toolkit, but often students just need the one method, the the simplest method, the easiest method for them to understand. Now, if that first method doesn't work, you might want to try a second method, but the risk can sometimes be that we show the students too many diverse methods, and that can often uh, complicate them. And you see it in in advancements in the curriculum and changes in in curriculum in current days. Uh, Traditionally, used to be just the traditional um, methods that were taught. So more and more you see this popping up. Yeah, and I I love one of the things about this curriculum and that is not um, aligned to Common Core, which in the homeschool world is actually a good thing. And um, those, those are so convoluted. I've seen some graphics on social media. And I'm just glad that I wasn't a kid in school, you know, today, because I know that there's such a frustration level when it comes to math. It's almost like we're setting up our children for failure. It's, it's crazy. Right. Right. I mean, the, the argument behind it is, is so that they will conceptualize but the ages that they're trying to get to conceptualize, they're almost too young for that. So, um, you know, older, you can make some analogies and things if they ask. Um, And so, yeah, it's not a a good thing. So what else do you have for me? Well, actually, this probably brings in the next point uh, very well, and that's thinking that rote learning and um, is bad. Um, This whole idea that, you know, students need to end discovery learning um, and, and believing the hype around discovery learning. This whole idea that 
thinking that children need to discover things and conceptualize things on their own. Um, sure, it has its place uh, at the age appropriate time, but I always use the, uh, the example of a Rubik's cube. Now, if you give a child a Rubik's cube and tell them here, solve this, they're gonna spend hours and hours and hours trying to work it out. And most of the time, they'll probably just give it up and put it on the table. But you can show them a simple algorithm and a simple way to solve the Rubik's cube. Now, once they've done that and they've worked out how to do it using this simple pattern, you can see their confidence is lifted. You can see that they're excited. You can see that they're happy and they want to do more and more. They want to find a bigger Rubik's cube and they want to go on and do more. And maybe mm -hmm. that's when you allow the discovery learning to take place, but give the children a chance and it, Wrote, there's nothing wrong with rote learning. In fact, it's very important in the early grade levels, um, ensuring that students can instantly recall their math facts. It builds confidence and sets them up for later years uh, to, to really enjoy math more. Uh, so uh, this idea that discovery learning and children really need to, to work it out on their own, I think it is, is, is a big hype that's, that's, that's beating a lot of confidence in children. Oh, I agree. And, you know, I had to unlearn some of the things. I was an educator and I had to unlearn my late 70s education where our focus was making kids feel good about themselves rather than teach kids. And, yes. um, you know, I, I, even as a homeschool mom, I had to fight that. You know, we have to make it fun. Let's get out you know, the M&Ms, and then I realized, oh my gosh, they're little sponges. Like they would um, quote back books that they read that they enjoyed just from memory. And I started picking up on that. And um, I had friends that would even teach their kids things like the periodic table, younger elementary, because they could just memorize copious amounts of information. So I think you're right. I think it's coming full circle. And I always say homeschool parents are on the frontier of real learning. So um, it's, it is great information and that's good that um, this program also helps to emphasize that. But along the lines, you know, we don't want to make things dull. So how do we make math more interesting and more fun? Yeah, I, I agree. I agree hundred percent. And I think this comes down to probably child by child. Incentive uh, mm -hmm. is a big thing and you, and you suggested that a moment ago. Um, I know I, I responded really well to incentives when learning. I can see my children. They're not at a school age yet. I have two children, three and one. But I can see we're just doing some, we just finished toilet training, for instance. And, uh, and so my <laughs> oh, little fun. was huge, was absolutely huge. And uh, it comes down to the personality. But she also likes puzzles. So, so I, I try to explain, I try to, bring math into the puzzles and the puzzle style of learning. Um, growing up, I see growing up, I was into living math uh, and I would love, absolutely love going to the grocery store uh, or the supermarket and, um, and finding the best buys, you know, working out which was the best value for money. Um, but get your children into that. If they love, if, if they love cars, get them to take surveys of the different models of cars or, or colors of cars in the, in the school holidays. Um, if they enjoy nature, to, to, to really go out um, and, and, uh, and, and discover math in nature. 
And there's countless ways that you can really do that. But I think the really important thing or the really important lesson to take out of it is work out what your child likes. And then it's almost like love languages, you know, working out your child's love language. Well, work out what component of math they enjoy um, and, and really pursuing it. Yeah, I remember we just accidentally fell upon the Fibonacci numbers and yes. the kids would, you know, constantly look at, look that up, parents. I'll, I'll try to remember to put a link in the show notes. But but that was uh, something that was so amazing because there was a pattern and nature shows a lot of the Fibonacci numbers, right? Like in the seeds and fruit and all kinds of different things. And they were just on this big kick for a while. Um, also wanted to backtrack when you were talking about the Rubik cube, my son got one for Christmas and he figured out, you know, how I think he probably did some cheating on YouTube, which is where they get all their information now, but he did such a good job on it. And then he did want the more complex ones. And he was um, on a high school baseball team, even as a homeschooler. And he had all these guys on the bus doing the Rubik cube, which, you know, how, how awesome is that? Uh, Nadim, instead of being glued to your phone, that all these boys were sitting there trying to see who could, you know, solve the puzzle the quickest. So, you know, really fun things that you think, right, that kids are, oh, my gosh, you know, we we don't want to bore them. But I think a lot of times we underestimate our children. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Totally agree. And it's fantastic. I, I love that story. And uh, I'll, I'll use that next time I'm talking about the Rubik's Cube. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I just, you know, thought it was so funny because, you know, they he was the only homeschooled kid, but, you know, he had been on this team for a while. So they always go, they always look to him to see what other fun thing he was going to bring on. Okay. So, you know, there's a lot of roadblocks sometimes kids put up. And um, I know I had one child that I said, if I had a dollar for every time she lost her math book on purpose, you know, I would be a very wealthy person because she just had this block when it came to math. And we ended up figuring out uh, timing was important because when she did it first thing in the morning, even before breakfast, she did this child is a morning person. So she did so much better. So that was her goal in high school to get it done before breakfast. And she felt like that was such a huge achievement for her. So what kind of roadblocks, um, you know, is there a number one roadblock kids face when they're learning math? I think the feedback that we get is confidence, is that their confidence is down, is that they no longer enjoy math, is that it's really difficult um, they do things like lose their math books. They avoid math at all. <laughs> and really yeah. it comes down to just their confidence being down. And um, we as parents and educators have to work out, well, how are we going to get their confidence back up? How are we going to try to make math more enjoyable? And often it's through the understanding of math. When they start to understand it and you see those light bulbs and the aha moments start to click, then they want to do more and more of it. Then we, mm-hmm. we hear from countless parents that we can't get them off the math anymore. Um, so it's really figuring out how to get their confidence up, how to get them really enjoying math again through understanding. And, and it will come. I, I had one child and I would say the same Rubik's Cube child who um, really was better with languages. He could write papers. He, he actually had a really good grasp on the, the literature language side of the house. 
but he took a, a class actually at the local college as a dual enrolled and it was algebra two. And he came home and asked me to get him a trig uh, book or class, uh, some kind of, you know, he said, well, there's a lot, what, what did we use for home, our homeschool curriculum? And he asked me to order him trig because he felt that that teacher had not taught him. He had no understanding of trigonometry. And so, you know, I mean, who does that, right? But it, this is what happens when you just instill into kids a love of learning. It doesn't, you know, matter exactly what it is they love learning, you know, um, but, but it does eventually translate. And, you know, same child that hated it when he was younger, um, but thought maybe he was going to go into engineering, which now he doesn't know if he is. But it's, it, to me, it's, it's that, you know, giving the kids that opportunity, um, which homeschooling does, and also in Australia, there is a homeschool movement. So tell me about that. Yeah, it's growing. It, it really is growing. And it's fantastic to see. Um, close friends of mine have just started homeschooling. Uh, and you can really see the community building up. It, it Go back 10 years ago, and it, it wasn't very big. There's always been homeschooling in Australia. But the movement is growing, and it is fantastic to see. I think it takes a lot of strength um, to to homeschool and and it shows um, a, a real love and invested passion in your children's um, education well-being uh, and growth and development to, to make the decision to homeschool so I'm always in awe of um, of parents who do homeschool and as I, as I mentioned Pat was homeschooled his children Pat and Marie Marie homeschooled their children um, I guess it's never been as big in Australia in the past because school funding works very differently in Australia than the US. In Australia, mm -hmm. all schools are publicly funded, whether you are a public school or a private school or an independent school or, or a school of religion, uh, you, you receive government funding. So that makes it a lot more affordable to send your children to schools, uh, to independent schools or schools of faith or, or private schools. Uh, you're basically paying the difference in, in what the school charges uh, compared to what the government funding is. So it's nowhere near as expensive as it is in the US. It is still pricey. Uh, and depending on which area you live in or the type of school, it can be very costly. But there are more mm -hmm. options. If you do want to stay away from the public school system, there are more options out there. And there are, uh, you, I feel in the US, a lot of parents um, uh, feel that they have no other option but to homeschool their children. And certainly if uh, I, uh, I was in the US, I, I, would, I would feel that way 100%. Um, so parents are lucky here in that they have more options outside of the public school system uh, to ensure that their children uh, are taught the, the same belief systems or, or the, the same core values that they want their children to learn. They can find school mm -hmm. options like that at an affordable price. But in saying that, there are more and more rules coming in by government uh, that sort of force schools to teach in a particular way or force schools to teach particular things. And you're seeing this growth of homeschooling. And uh, mm -hmm. it is 
fantastic to see. And more options are better, you know. We need more options in life. We need we need to make we need to have more options to choose from so we can make the right choice and uh eat. Yeah, absolutely. There's a homeschool community called Homeschooling Down Under and and um they're uh, they're probably the biggest homeschool community in Australia. Um, and uh, it's great. it's really really good to see. Wonderful, wonderful. It's good to hear. You know what is happening in different parts of the world because I know um, you know that homeschooling has really uh, been such a boon. I, I one of my other podcasters uh, does a homeschooling with technology, and she's actually from uh, South Africa and. She never would have even considered homeschooling until she came to the States. And when she came here and she saw, you know, what, what the options were, she, she did homeschooling very successfully. And uh, she's a coder and started a, her own company. Um, and so, you know, it's nice that, that there are options and especially to hear that there is growth in Australia. So that's really exciting. Well, any last words you want to leave our listeners with? Uh, just words of encouragement, I think. I think words of encouragement, keep doing what you're doing. Uh, uh, I, as I said earlier, there is, uh, I have a lot of love and admiration. I know it can be difficult, but ultimately know that um, your decision to homeschool and your decision to, to sort of uh, take control of your child's education and growth and development is one out of love and uh, anything done out of love is uh, is I believe the greatest form of truth. So, um, so that I congratulate you for that. And uh, those days where it uh, feels all too hard and all too difficult, just just remember it's it's done out of love. And hopefully that's a pick up. And yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and it's wonderful to have you know sponsors uh, such as CTC Math because they are options, especially when. Um, you know, perhaps you're getting into those uh, higher grades or feel like your child needs some extra help. Um, you know, that's a good place to start. And, you know, the, the fact that there are so many options. I mean, I started homeschooling before Internet was really a thing. <laughs> you know, it's just like I can't even, you know, believe that there that was a day. You know, cell phones were huge. Not everyone had them. Um, you know, kids definitely didn't. There was dial-up internet, and now we have so many options, and it's important, uh, you know, to kind of look at who is behind it. That's why it's so nice to know that Pat Murray, you know, homeschooled, and he has an understanding for, you know, homeschooled parents and created this program uh, that is very, very helpful. And, and we do, um, you know, all my listeners know we really vet our um, you know, sponsors, I can't tell you, um, Nadim, how many uh, people I turn away on a daily basis uh, that mostly I just hit delete, but there's some of them are so p- persistent. And, uh, you know, it, it's just not product that, uh, you know, I, I don't want cookie cutter um, products that we're going to be, uh, you know, sharing with our listeners, because um, we care, you know, this is a uh, a network of made up of homeschoolers and believe me um, we definitely will hear about it so well thank you so much for taking the time and coming on all the way from Australia amazing how technology works these days and I appreciate all the information you shared 
and, uh, you know, especially how we can overcome some of these obstacles and roadblocks with our kids and math. I really appreciate being on. Uh, thank you. Thank you so much. Oh, great. All right, guys. Well, listen, uh, you can get the show notes and some links to ctcmath.com. Go to episode 369 on vintage and look for the show notes. Uh, it's uh, teaching math. I'm not exactly sure what I'm calling this episode yet. You guys know me by now, but if you find, you'll find it under uh, episode 369. Take care. God bless. And we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Thanks for tuning in to the Vintage Homeschool Mom Show. Visit Felice at MediaAngels.com and the VintageHomeschoolMoms.com. Vintage Homeschool Moms is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network.